0: Hi, I'm Greg Watson, and welcome to this week's show of Property Matters. We're here on MPR.nz Two People's Radio, and where all good podcasts can be found. Property Matters is a show for people who have interest in property. It's got a slight leaning towards Two Wanganui. However, we welcome you along. It's generally going to be a bit of a digestion of the news in the last week and what's been happening in, with COVID-19. However, there are some interesting things happening with the real estate market and so I thought just before we get into the COVID-19 effects, let's talk a little bit about the latest real estate of Institute of New Zealand statistics. So what's interesting about this is that the statistics come out relating to March. They've just come out in, in the last few days and the median house price across New Zealand has actually increased 13.7% to a new record median price of 665,000 up from 585,000 in March 2019. Eight regions saw new record median prices And these were uh, Northland with a 14.1 increase, Waikato with a 13.4 increase, Manutu-Wanganui with an incredible 28.7% increase, go us, uh, and and that's up from increased to 431,250, up from 335,000 the same time last year. Taranaki record median price with 13.3, Tasman a 10.7 increase, Canterbury 6.8, In Southland, 28.2. So things have really changed there. Uh, Generally speaking, the volumes have come down in some areas, and that has caused uh, more of a discord between supply and demand. There were no areas where the prices dropped over the last year. In fact, they're all going up reasonably nicely indeed. So you might be wondering what's happening in the Manawatu-Wanganui And uh, it's been, I'll try and break it down a little bit with regards a little bit more specificity if I can. So let's start by looking at Palmerston North. The Palmerston North market has been very busy. And uh, actually, in fact, before we do that, let's just go to Bindi Norwell's comments around Manutu Wanganui. She says that nine out of the last 10 months have either been a record median price or equal Uh, record price in the region and there's been some massive increases here uh, with regards the people purchasing properties from out of town about 10% of people are buying from outside the region why because the prices are very affordable and the rates of return are very good as well there's also people who are deciding it's a nice place to live uh, and or discovering it's a nice place to live. So let's look at some more specifics here. If you lived in Palmerston North, your median, median house prices have gone up from 415000 to 490000 uh, 95000 in the last year. That's a 19.3% increase. And those of you who have been listening to the show for a little while will know that I've predicted a 10% increase over the next three years uh, every year. And this is well and above that. So I've been pretty conservative. Harafinua, almost 24%. Rangateke, 47%. However, that's on smaller numbers. And Wanganui district, 33% increase. That's an incredible return on your money in one year. So considerable equity building on those properties that can give people the ability to then uh, buy again if they choose to do so. And that article, there was an article in the Wanganui Chronicle about the property market and these high median house prices. I've done a bit of real estate and still do a bit of real estate in Wanganui, and it's a wonderful place. And uh, the median house price in Wanganui, believe it or not, only $352,000. So although it's had a uh, massive increase, it's still very affordable. So the median in March of 2019 in Wanganui was 265000 Now it's at 352560 So it's almost $100,000 of equity build-up in the last 12 months. In this article, they quote Bindi Norwell as saying, that's uh, Bindi Norwell, the CEO of the Real Estate Institute, are saying that March 2020 was extremely buoyant for residential property across the country, and it marks four months in a row uh, now where every region has had an annual increase in median prices. So it's going to be interesting to see how things continue on there uh, once we come out of COVID-19 as to how much of a uh, run on property there will be from investors looking to find uh, better returns in an area that they're not normally uh, investing in. In other words, will they be moving their funds from the likes of managed funds or stocks into property? We'll have to wait and see. Here's a local story from Palmerston North. A man marooned in Australia because of lockdown and residential uh, residency Application wait now. Why is this in property matters? Well, he's a property manager and works in Watson Real Estate. He went on holiday just before. Oh, this is Vidal Patel. His name is Vidal Patel. He uh, went on holiday just before the lockdown. Now he's and because the borders were closed, he couldn't get a flight, and now he's stuck in Australia. Why is he stuck in Australia? Because. He has been in New Zealand for almost three years, firstly on a student visa and then on a work visa as he works as property manager. Patel holds a working visa, although he's applied for residency. Immigration New Zealand has yet to make a decision and uh, he made his application in June of last year and expected to hear back within nine to 12 months. Now, what is the issue here? Well, the issue is that if Australia decides not to extend his holiday visa, because he's gone to Australia on holiday, uh, then he may actually be deported to India, which would really affect his ability to be able to um, come back into work and uh, manage properties. He manages about 130 properties at Watson Real Estate, and they've been shared around the team as uh, we continue to look after their clients. They quote uh, Watson Chief Executive Tanya Watson, who said the company was concerned about Patel's properties had been divided amongst other staff and property owners had been informed. She says, uh, we're concerned for him. We just don't know when these borders are going to open. He's part of our company and part of our family. So hopefully he'll be back in the Manawatu uh, before too long and back at work. So let's talk about the lockdown and what's happening with the market. Well, first of all, I'm going to get my crystal ball out. What's going to happen after lockdown? In the regions, the markets are going to take off. They're going to be very busy and continue to be very busy um, because they were very busy. And as I've been talking about uh, all these record medium prices, they've just become slightly less busy, but prices will still continue to go up. In the larger centres, in particular Auckland, things might drop slightly before heading back up again. However, this article uh, from Stuff says that property market feels the impact of lockdown Trade Me data shows. So New Zealand's housing market uh, has had a bit of an impact. The head of Trade Me property, Nigel Jeffries, said there was a dip in new listings after lockdown restrictions were revealed. That's not really too surprising. As uncertainty rippled across the country, the government's announcement that we're moving to level four, we saw an 18% drop in the number of new property listings in March when compared to the year prior. Now, let's just go back to what's going to happen post-COVID-19. There's going to be less properties for sale. There might be less buyers. there will be less properties for sale. There'll probably be an influx potentially as well of people listing properties as they are uh, getting ready to, um, you know, to sell for, for distress reasons. It's not nice to think about, but it's probably a reality. They say that listing views spiked dramatically over the Easter break. We saw 3% more views on property listings than the same period last year. So that's good news for those selling, as that we're seeing a lot of prospective buyers looking and watching properties for sale while they wait for the restrictions to ease so that they can make a move. Jeffrey said that while the future was uncertain, there are a number of reasons to remain positive. Once we drop into lower alert levels, he says, and open homes are up and running again, we can expect to see property market bounce back pretty quickly. And he's expected or he expected if New Zealand moved to level three. Uh, the next two months would be slow, but there'd be a recovery in July. So interesting there to see how see what happens after the COVID nineteen uh, lockdown finishes. Here's an article from interest.co.nz. This one, written by Greg Ninnis, and it says the real estate interest industry is estimated to earn four hundred and two million dollars in residential commissions in the first quarter of this year. It was the calm before the storm. So he's written it in, in, as if uh, the four hundred and two million dollars is a, is a massive. Uh, amount of money for, for residential sales, but he hasn't compared it to anything, so we don't know if it's more or less than normal. However, this, these are his words. The real estate industry is estimated to have earned a whopping $402 million in gross residential sales commissions in the first quarter of this year, in spite of COVID-19 lockdown impacting sales in March. And the robust commission earnings were the result of buoyant sales levels and record selling prices being achieved in several regions. Again, it's a shame in this article he hasn't compared that amount to whether it's better or worse, but I can tell you that their salespeople, um, it's been a bit of struggle for them, um, certainly with regards to the fact that their income stream has pretty much had to stop uh, or has stopped as, as properties can't settle um, and that sort of thing. So, So the... Uh, There's an article here which was about uh, real estate people and the fact that uh, this headline from Stuff, Struggling real estate agents get $6 million plus in COVID-19 wage subsidies. Real estate agencies around the country are doing it tough, according to the government wage subsidy data, the data pulled from Work and Income's COVID-19 Subsidy Employer Search website reveals that major real estate companies have claimed more than $6 million in subsidies. It says among those that made substantial claims were Collier's International New Zealand, which received more than $920,000 for 119 staff, Bailey's Property Services, which received more than 338000 for 49 staff, and Ray White Real Estate, which claimed 91000 for 13 staff. The article says that salespeople who are independent contractors, as most of the industry are, would have made their own individual claims on top of that. So we're really just talking about administrative and support staff. Barfoot and Thompson director, Peter Thompson said that the subsidies for agencies were no different to those going to any other industry that had lost a huge profit. You have to recall that sales companies, Only make money if properties sell and keep all the administrators going. It's important to take those subsidies just to avoid having to lay people off, as is happening in many industries. The subsidy is available to any business that has experienced a 30% drop in revenue, and that would uh, very likely be the case for most real estate companies. Thompson said that we 're there to make sure we keep our staff in business and not in unemployment. The subsidies are purely for our employees these people are who are in, on the front our front desks and offices they claim subsidies for six hundred and three employees at seventy eight branches around the country amounting to more than four million dollars those subsidies have been a uh, real uh, boost for many businesses um, to be able to keep many people in work just during this time and it looks with if the lockdown is going to finish soon, then it looks likely that many people would have been able to keep jobs that otherwise may have lost them. We're now moving across to a story here on News Hub entitled Coronavirus. Landlords plead with government for help amid pandemic. A petition signed by more than 500 people is urging government to delay ring fencing of residential property tax losses by a year to give landlords space to breathe. The reasoning for the petition is that landlords are now subject to higher requirements, according to its description. In the light of economic challenges of COVID-19 and high requirements for landlords to wear rent arrears, in other words, they have to take, um, instead of 21 days, up to 60 days of loss before they can do anything, with no right to a tenancy, we ask that the government considers delaying the ring fencing of residential property tax losses by at least a year. Now, what's this ring fencing of tax losses? That's an ability that landlords have to be able to offset some of the costs on the rental property against their tax, and therefore paying a little bit less tax. They say this will give landlords a breathing space. We need to support our tenants through these challenging sides, uh, challenging times. Excuse me. So the new rules are due to become into effect at the beginning of the 2020 financial year. And the petition had been signed uh, by. Uh, 574 people and has 28 days until it's presented to parliament. Here's another question about landlords who are hurting. And I know that uh, many people who are tenants think that landlords have lots of money, but often a landlord is really just um, a mum and dad. They've got so far through life they they've bought another property. They still have to pay the mortgage for it, but they're just trying to get ahead of it. And, uh, and they may also have lost jobs and that sort of thing. We have examples of that within my workplace. So this article from Stuff: Landlord calls for rate freeze and relaxation of rules. So a major landlord and property developer is calling for councils to freeze rate increases and central government to relax some rules about allowing businesses to operate in the lockdown. Nelson-based Gear Thompson, who owns several buildings throughout. Uh, including the Station Café and the former Butterfields building in Timaru, believes the government needs to consider relaxing some of the COVID-19 rules to allow more businesses to operate at Level 3. He also supports the idea of some regions opening up for the lockdown earlier than others. The government has ordered a freeze on rate, rate increases for the next six months, And now that's actually a mistake in the article. The government has ordered a freeze on rent increases for the next six months, but Thompson said he'd further reduce rent for his tenants as a result of the shutdown. There are some which simply can't operate. Uh, We're talking commercial leasing, such as a station cafe, so it makes sense to relax the rent while the lockdown carries on. So it is um, quite an interesting space in the commercial uh, side of things at the moment. And there's there's really um, a lot... Going on this article here from Stuff, the $3.2 billion small business package is no help for commercial property, the Property Council says. So owners of commercial property are calling for more financial support from the government following the announcement of the $3.2 billion package for small to medium businesses. Property Council Chief Executive Leonie Freeman says the support package might Cushion the blow for small businesses, but is unlikely to significantly lessen the impact on New Zealand's $145 billion commercial property sector. Council's been lobbying for rent subsidies, but the new support package does not provide that, but allows tenants more time to catch up on overdue rent and landlords more time to meet mortgage payments. Uh, Freeman reiterates what I said before, that not all landlords are large and wealthy. Many were small property owners with mortgages and tenants struggling to pay the rent. And so happening also in uh, commercial property, making things fairly, fairly tough there also. And there was an article, which I'll just find my uh, way here, which is from the other side of things, which is a News Hub article entitled Coronavirus calls for landlords to show compassion going unanswered, according to tenants. Tenants struggling to pay the rent as the lockdown drags on say calls for landlords to show compassion are going unanswered. They say a pause on mortgage payments has not trickled down to rental deferrals for most tenants, with thousands having to request emergency accommodation supplements to get by. But landlords say they have bills to pay too and they need to help themselves before they can pass that on it talks about Tauranga man. John is among those who are struggling to pay rent at the moment. His partner is pregnant with the baby due next month, and after four weeks of ACC leave, he was due to head back to work as a landscape gardener on Monday before the lockdown came into place. We're not at the point of knowing where our next meal is coming from, but it feels like in my current situations things are not looking so bright. He asked his landlord for some rent relief through his property manager, but was told that wasn't an option. John said he felt like the deck was not stacked in the favour of renters, while rents are frozen and landlords can't end tenancies unless the specific reasons apply, there hasn't been any changes to rules around rent. It says John's not alone in needing help. More than 317,000 people received the government's accommodation supplement last month. They say that tenants are finding it hard to get reasonable rent reductions. People in between houses or, or those who can't move are paying double rent in some cases, according to Action Station community organiser Cassie Harthendor. the New Zealand Property Investors Federation Sharon Corwick says a survey of its 620 members who own more than 6,000 properties found that during the second week of lockdown, more than 6% had reduced rent for tenants. She said that while mortgage holiday schemes were available, they're not a good option for home owners. So it's a tough situation. It's a giant balancing act. Uh, Some owners, uh, we've got examples of Kiwis in Australia who own property in New Zealand. Uh, Those Kiwis aren't eligible for any government money and they've lost their jobs and their tenant who is also unable to work, can't pay the rent. So really, really tough times for some people. There are some truly heartbreaking cases out there. So I'm going to move on slightly to the building industry for a couple of minutes. According to Stuff, and again this article, builders ask to adopt new safety measures to stop COVID-19 spread. So they're being asked which stops short of requiring every person to be COVID-19 tested before heading back to the construction site, but Master Builders, New Zealand Certified Builders and Construction Health and Safety New Zealand have developed new protocols for builders working on residential construction sites. The new measures were released in anticipation of the government lowering the coronavirus alert level from 4 to 3, allowing builders to return to work. Certified Builders Chief Executive Grant Florence, who had been involved in writing the new protocols, said COVID-19 testing was discussed at length. But we think if the two-metre distancing rule and the protocols are followed by everyone coming to the site, then there is sufficient management of risk. We did look at how couriers were operating. They're very busy about the community delivering to homes. There didn't seem to be a requirement for that practice to be tested. So logically, distancing measures that they were using seem to work very well. I know I personally got a courier um, delivery or two to my house. They just deliver it um, and uh, give you a wave and off they go. So the focus really is about this limiting contact on site. Um, So that might mean that people have to work on site in shifts, maybe one during the day, one during the night, but not having builders, plumbers and electricians all there at once in the same area. The process of building gets pretty hectic towards the latter stages as we're heading towards the end, where there can be anyone from painters, electricians, plumbers, builders, and so forth, all on site simultaneously. So that's something that they're just going to have to do their best, and it might slow down uh, the time for builds to finish. You'll only, in other words, have to have one person in a room at a time. It's going to take a bit longer, but other than that, it's not, at least they're back and work and moving things forwards. So, um, moving on from that one, I just got that little message pop up on my computer as I was talking that someone was wanting to uh, join me in a meeting, so excuse, excuse me for that. So, now level three is around the corner. And It won't be a full release from lockdown lockdown, according to goodreturns.co.nz, but moving to Alert Level 3 will mean businesses that can operate safely will be able to reopen. So what does that mean when it comes to residential property? So on Thursday, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern outlined what life in Level 3 might be like, although a decision on when the country might move to Level 3 will not be made until next week, which is actually uh, this week because this article is a few days old. Level 3 will see many significant restrictions retained, but will permit parts of the economy to reopen in a safe way that will allow the economic recovery to begin, she said. By design, Level 3 is a progression, not a rush to normality. It carries forward many of the restrictions in place at Level 4, including the requirement to mainly be at home in your bubble and to limit contact with others. The test for whether a business can open will move to it being safe rather than it being essential. That means businesses will need to be able to operate without physical contact with customers and while maintaining physical distancing protocols. More detailed information on this will mean in practice is set to be released over the coming days, but it's going to be updated, they say, on goodreturns.co.nz. So will real estate agents be open for business? Yes, it seems they will. Uh, In its announcement about Level 3, the government said that real estate agent can open, but people should work from home if they can. The agent can enter people's homes, but not have customers in the office. You cannot run an open home. Similarly, workers going into people's homes, such as furniture removers, electricians and plumbers, could also return on the basis that distancing is maintained. So REINZ Chief Executive Bindy Norwell said that they're looking forward to further clarification so that the real estate profession can support people buying or selling properties. They also want a bit of additional clarification about whether private viewings of homes and rental properties are acceptable under Level 3. And so once that they have that information, details and guidelines for the industry will be uh, put out. Now, will it be possible to carry out property management tasks? And that remains a little bit unclear, but Norwell has said that the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand is waiting for clarification about whether private viewings of rental properties will be possible. Nothing has been said about it, but presumably clarification is needed about whether or not property inspections can be possible at Level 3. Now, if you're a tenant, can you move into or out of a property at Level 3? Well, at Level 4, you you can only do it under exceptional circumstances. And it seems unlikely that this will change much in Level 3. However, uh, moving properties at Level 3 can only occur in exceptional circumstances and all parties must take extreme care, according to Tenancy Services Information and Education Manager, Jennifer Sykes. Extreme care means physical distancing must be maintained, the keys being transferred should be sanitised, and the signing of tenancy agreements should be done digitally. So it's going to be interesting to see how how things go there, that that article from uh, Good Returns talking about a return to Level 3. And there's actually a few articles about this. Uh, Let's have a look. The Real Estate Institute uh, has put out an article on reinz.co.nz to also uh, look at that, uh, which really just reiterates the fact that they're just waiting to hear, in my opinion, it will be possible for property managers to do, um, to do certain certain jobs, certainly to rent out properties, and for people to move in certain circumstances. Uh, an article uh, in the New Zealand Herald, uh, that's uh, nzherald.co.nz, um, again just reiterates the, the notice that the offices can open with the social distancing rules rental inspections have been banned for property managers uh, for a under level four Um, and so we're just going to wait and see what happens under level three they asked peter thompson who's the managing director of barfoot and thompson and he said we're not 100 percent sure what alert level three means i mean how many people should be viewing a place at one time what about photographers if it's being inspected is it one building inspector and one agent Moving companies are allowed to operate at Level 3, so people will be able to settle and move. The the agency, that's Barfoot and Thompson, had sold around 220 residential properties during the Level 4 alert, mainly in sales being negotiated beforehand, he said. Some site unseen sales had occurred, but with conditions in the contract. So no agency offices would be opened, and Thompson said contracts would continue to be signed remotely. It's interesting just to see what's going to happen there, so watch this space. Now, I did report in uh, in my radio show in the last couple of weeks how there's been a massive uh, downturn, of course, in Airbnb bookings, and also following that, uh, an increase of people looking to know what can they do uh, to get income coming in, and maybe changing those Airbnbs over to being more uh, conventional rental properties. But here's an article and stuff for those people who have Airbnb. It says, here's how you can keep making money out of Airbnb. So the statistics show that one in five visitors to New Zealand stay in Airbnb accommodation. That amounts to 8.8 million nights, or 18% of the total short-term accommodation market each year. It's no wonder that the wider short-stay and self-book accommodation market neared $400 in revenue last year in New Zealand alone. But once New Zealand closed for business, the article says, effectively ending the international tourist market for the foreseeable future. Large numbers of short-term accommodation suppliers had 100% of their future bookings cancelled in the first short days. The only saving grace was that some had a fairly robust cancellation policy to protect from the last-minute cancellations. Unfortunately, though, the Airbnb changed the rules at last minute to allow people to get all their money refunded, which made it very hard for people with Airbnbs. So there are 37,000 New Zealand Airbnb hosts and homeowners of empty properties and zero income. So what can be done about this? How how are we going to fill the properties, particularly in level 4 lockdown? This article says, and this is an opinion piece, it's important to know. And uh, the writer of this, uh, this piece, Steve Goody, he is an owner of uh, Airbnb as well, um, he says that he thinks a few people will give up, or if a fair few people will give up, or they'll leave their houses empty and non-productive for long-term, he- hesitant to go back to the short-term rents. But here's some tips to fill in the gap in revenue. He says, drop your price substantially. For his property, went from $2.25 a night to $1.25 a night. It's not forever, but something's better than nothing. Still reaps a better return than what he's getting when his property is a long-term rental. So that's an option there for you and probably targeting the New Zealand market. So adjust your minimum night's allowance and that's where he went from three nights minimum to seven. So it's better overall profitability when you take into account the cost of cleaning your charge per turnover. Take the cleaning fee off the listing until you can clean the property safely again. Update your listing state you're still functioning in the lockdown, he says. Don't mention COVID-19 in the listing as Airbnb is screening those out. Mention the property as private and make it a full house only rental if that's possible. Uh, give the walking distance to crucial amenities such as the dairy and near a supermarket. Allow for a longer time between bookings to ensure you can safely clean during turnovers once this is possible again outline a detailed cleaning and disinfecting process that you provide uh, to give potential bookings confidence. Your listing your listing targets accommodation of essential service workers if possible, rather than being more focused on the domestic or international tourism market. So rewording and reframing your marketing in photos. So it's going to be uh, interesting there. Um, as well as that, you can just put the word out, uh, friends and family, Facebook marketing, um, and so forth just to really try and get it out there he says so that's about all we've got time for this week I hope this has been uh, interesting for you and I appreciate you joining me here on npr.nz and wherever you find good blog posts if you happen to watch this on the internet thank you for that as well uh, this is the first time we've actually recorded one live and uh, this will be played on Tuesday the 21st, April 2020 thanks so much for listening and we look forward to joining you next week if you're a fan of NPR listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier just search for accessmedia.nz on the app store or google play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo once you've got it Pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.